0: You are tuned in to the Paris Passages podcast. Thank you so much for letting my show be a part of your podcast library. Now here is your hostess with the most mess, Samantha Parrish. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thank you for tuning in to this very interesting episode of the Paris Passages podcast show. I hope everyone is having a good day so far. If it's been stressful or you just don't know why you know, why it has to be like the Avril Lavigne song and it gets so complicated. Believe me, I feel you. Uh, please take care of yourself. And if you are just taking a breather and listening to this podcast show to take your worries away, then get a snack and a drink and enjoy the show. So you may have clicked on this episode because of your interest on how I would commentate on Junji Ito. It says it within the title. All about Junji Ito and the idea of horror in general. So it's going to be covering a lot of different stuff. But I want to ask a couple of things first. Are you a writer of certain horror stories? Or do you just like horror in general and you're looking for something to intrigue you on what new fear factor you can find? This episode is going to be covering writing horror And how it is presented in general, the different idealisms behind horror, and how it has to be changed. We're going to be covering a lot of ground in this episode, and Junji Ito is primarily going to be sprinkled in throughout this podcast. So everything's going to be as on track and on par as possible, but there might be a couple of moments that we're going to be going here and there and everywhere and all that jazz. But primarily, we are sticking with horror being our topic of this podcast show. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. So, first we have to address about how horror is nowadays in modern media. If you look at it, horror is kind of a mixed bag these days. If you go to Google, if you can do it as I'm uh, talking to you, not a problem. If you go to Google and you type in recent horror movies, and you look through the list of the new ones. I believe one of them is the uh, Nicolas Cage, Willy Wonderland movie, and some other various pieces. Some of them range between comedy horror or horror plots around a minimal amount of characters to give an isolated feel, kind of like The Shining. And you can just kind of guesstimate that off of what you see from the photo. But giving those two factors kind of feels a little bit stale. It's either one or the other. Like, we need the scares to be spiced up. It needs a little bit panache and some gumption. We want something different. And that's so hard to find these days in the genre of horror. So before I get into that, I want to go ahead and name off some of the the horror masters, the ones that are regarded for the past hundred years of their contribution to this genre. There's David Cronenberg, and he's known for body horror movies like Naked Lunch, and I believe he did a movie called Shivers. And then, of course, we can't not address Stephen King. He's done everything between sci-fi and isolated horror, and pretty much anything that comes to his mind, no matter what he's on or what he does. He's going to be making some kind of a special scare for us in some weird way, even if it's going to be a weird one or if it's going to be one that's going to make us sleep with the lights on. And then, of course, then there's the big dog of them all, the big granddaddy of all existentially terrifying, H.P. Lovecraft, the originator of unfathomable horrors of the unknown. And then there's Junji Ito that does everything and has a lot of H.P. Lovecraft elements into his works. So with Junji Ito, like I said, you're getting a little bit of everything. You're going to get body horror, you're going to be getting something that is going to give you like an isolated terrifying feel as you don't know what's going to get you. That's the ultimate thing about horror is we're terrified to know what's out there, what's going to get us. So I'm going to give a little bit of background about Junji Ito. His idea for horror started out when he was a young boy. He lived in this house where if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to go downstairs. And one night when he was just making his little trip down the stairs, the candle he was holding went out and he was alone in the dark. And the first thing he thought is, what's going to get me? I don't know what's going to happen. I can't see anything. And he was about mm, nine, ten years old, I want to say, when that happened. And it stuck with him. And he did he did these various drawings about, like, what unfathomable horrors can be out there. And he went from being a dental assistant to a graphic novel artist that has made several mangas spanning almost 30, 35 years. It's, it's a long time. And... He has really changed the way that I look at horror, and he's changed the way many people look at horror. They cite him as a big inspiration, and believe it or not, there's a lot of American movies that actually use his, liter- that actually use his graphic novels as inspiration. If you remember that really stupid alien, uh, takeover movie called Slither, that came from his book called Uzumaki. It's pretty amazing. Now that you know who he is, I really want to give a couple of ideas about horror. So far, I've said about how horror needs to be changed, but there's a couple of things to think about, and this is the stuff that I think about in terms of what I want to see in horror. Uh, I was pretty late to the game to appreciating horror movies, and now I look at it differently, and I want to explain that. Oftentimes, I'll watch a movie or read a book, and I think, well, what is the threat? What's the fear factor? In various horror movies, uh, that's hard to come by. It's either overused tropes or it's the common creatures. It's hard to find a good horror story these days. And sometimes the only thing that you're going to get that's kind of the same is if they do like a a thing in American Horror Story. If they happen to do a dramatization of a certain figure that they reenact to be terrifying because really, truly... In my mind and my opinion, the greatest monster is a human. That's kind of the closest thing that we're going to get to something different. You know, how are the lives going to be in jeopardy? In horror, it should be there is no safety, there is no hope, and you have to wonder what the character's fate is going to be as their lives will never be the same again. It needs to be unfathomable, it needs to follow you for several days. John Carpenter, the director of Halloween, said that when he watched The Last House on the Left, he said, it hits you like a strong cup of coffee. That is what horror is supposed to do. That is something I get whenever I read one of Junji Ito's books. I know without a doubt that it's going to just hit me in my gut, and I will think something differently about how I saw a certain concept Whether it be something social, or just an item, or anything, it completely changes the way I thought of something. When I read Junji Ito's Uzumaki, everything was a fear factor to me. That was embedded in my brain for the next several days. My brain made me think that something was out there, and I just was in a husk of my own shell of shivers and fear. Anytime I would go do something, if I went to my closet, I didn't want to open the door because then a flash of one of the um, horrifying parts of the book came to mind and convinced myself it was in there and I just didn't want to go in the closet. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'll wear the same clothes today. I'm totally fine. It's okay. I value what's left of my sanity. (laughs) But thinking about that, With horror, when you read it, watch it. You have to know who made these terrifying tales that they came up with this whole concept of ideas. There has to be a respect that they took the time to think of this or they have the bravery to go to a certain uncomfortable point. With horror, it can go either way. You can make something that takes a toll on our comfort level by showing inhumane things or outcomes regardless of a death toll or gore. People have different... Preferences to horror. Genji Ito would be the author to have the best of both worlds. You can be challenged to think differently, which is what any genre should do, but in horror, it's absolutely important. It's very important to be different. Think of that in terms of writing horror. You'd have to think of something different. You'd have to spice up the scare and make something different to rethink and change your own reality. With all that said, There's a couple of concepts in Junji Ito's books that I would never think to be terrifying. For the past 30 years, he's made stories about haunted towns with no escape, a succubus, a planet eater. Those are interesting ideas. But some of the things like in the short stories, would you ever think balloons, grease, chairs, mosquitoes, a song, honey, knowledge? Would you ever think those things could be terrifying? No, you wouldn't. I sure didn't. I didn't think of that at all. Looking at horror now, as I've said probably throughout a majority of this episode, Junji Ito truly has changed the way that horror is. I look at writing and experiencing horror in a different way to build up the climax of the story, and it made me view horror in a respectable way. I don't read or watch horror anymore to be scared. I want to be intrigued. I want to know something that I didn't know before and to change my mind about something so that way it's embedded into my brain. Uh, one thing that I do want to say really quickly because I can't not talk about the story is I actually want to share how I found Junji Ito. Back in 2013, I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw this little black book that caught my eye and I read the title. It was called Uzumaki. I didn't know it was a horror book. Uh, I don't know why I I failed to read the tagline called Spiral into Horror. That was, should have been, that really should have been my leeway into using my context clues to know what I was in for and I didn't. (laughs) Um, when I opened it up, and I have this habit that I'll just skim through the pages. And the first thing I saw was a man being constricted into a container, just completely contorted. Uh, All the details and just, just sucked you in. And uh, it kind of alarmed me because it was something I'd never seen before. So I dropped the book and I lost a couple minutes of reality. And I picked the book back up and I put it back on the shelf. Now we're going to skip forward about two years later. I get a phone call from my mom, and she says, hey, it was shopping weekend at Goodwill, and I found these three manga books called Uzumaki. <laughs> I froze with a clenched stomach and a flinched face, and I thought, oh my God, it followed me home. Oh no. Like, like I guess I had to face facts that it came back to me for a reason. I, I probably need to read these books. And when my mom brought them home from Goodwill, I was a little worried to open it up. I still thought about what I saw two years ago, and I knew that it'd be scary, and I thought, okay, I'll read it one time, I know that I have completed it, and then I'm just going to give it away to someone, or I'll take it somewhere else. That's okay with me. And then, uh, hmm, I accidentally loved it, and I ended up reading it twice in one night, and as mentioned earlier, it did freak me out to the point that I had an altered reality and I just couldn't really go about my day or anything. Uh, I'm going to be going back into Uzumaki later on in this episode, but I want to go ahead and move on to another part of Junji Ito stuff that really needs to be analyzed. And I'm going to be doing my best to convey the commentation about this because it's something that I discovered Something that I had to think about recently before I did this episode is when you watch horror or when you read horror, your reliance is upon the main character that is going to be going through a terrifying ordeal. But sometimes it's hard to trust your main character. And within a lot of Junji Ito's books, His characters look kind of haunting. You kind of question, like, is this a character I'm supposed to continue following, or do I have to be worried for them, or am I supposed to be afraid of them? Like, I don't even know if the main character I'm following is going to get creepier. It's like, we're not supposed to be alarmed by the protagonist, and that is actually a commendable thing that now you don't know what to think. Everything's on heightened alert. Again, that's what horror is supposed to do. You, You need to be alarmed at all times or you need to kind of keep in the back of your mind, like, something's off here. Don't know what it is, but something's going on. So, for this episode, regarding the topic of horror, I'd like to give what I call the horror homework. There are three piece of works of Junji Ito that I personally have cited as perfect examples of certain elements to look at, whether you're watching horror or you're writing horror. So, I've mit- written many articles about Genji Ito, so I've gone into detail about that, and I will be linking those articles in the description box if you'd like to see the commentation yourself. Because if I went to them about them a whole lot, it'd take up a, a, a lot more than just an hour on this show. I gotta spare you all the time and just give you guys the articles, but I'm gonna try and keep it very short and simple for what you need to look for in these synopses that I'm gonna give you. So, your three stories is Army of One, the bully, and the one I've been mentioning vehemently, Uzumaki. So, Army of One is a story about people dying in huge numbers, and it just keeps growing. We're taught at a young age that the buddy system is what's going to keep us safe, and that there is safety in numbers. Well, in this story, socializing truly does get you killed. Safety is in solitary. That is an interesting twist of the concept. That is brilliant to me. And then there's the bully. The bully is a great example, as I mentioned earlier, how one of my personal preferences that I believe the greatest monster is a human. Well, it's very evident in the story for the bully. The bully is an example of not trusting your main character, where The young woman recalls the physical and psychological trauma she did to a young child in her youth. That is something for a lot of people to cite if they're trying to write a child that is just an absolute abomination of horrifying and just something that makes you just disgusted to know that people can inflict these things just because they want to and they have these certain tactics to get around to it, to get away with what they want. Whew, it's... It hits you in the gut. If you, you, if you can stomach it, that's the hardest one to stomach. Just letting you know. And then, of course, Uzumaki. I gotta talk about that one again. Uh, Uzumaki is one for the guides. It's there's a reason why it was used in that Hollywood movie called Slither. Um, this is an idea where you don't see your monster, and everything that happens, to these characters is because of a shape. Uzumaki follows a sleepy and dreary town called Kurozucho, as a curse has manifested into this town, and anything from this shape is inflicted on the townsfolk. Anything from snails... Uh, some things that kind of equivalents to snakes, uh, some things with hair, cyclones, anything that has any semblance towards this geometric shape is going to happen in this town. It is... I would never think of that in a million years, that you can create an unfathomable horror because of a geometric shape. That's interesting. That's amazing. As much as that thing has scarred my brain, I have to appreciate and respect that story so much. If you want good horror... My god, you gotta read Uzumaki. There you go. But there's one last thing that I really want to talk about with Junji Ito that really does show how amazing of a creator that he is. If you have a book, or if you can look up one of the pages on Google, just type in Junji Ito book, anything, and you'll get a page. Look at that page. That is nine hours of work. I could, I have a tough time getting nine hours of work done on my own book. My goodness, that is a lot of time. And then if you, and if you take the number nine of that one page, and if you multiply that hour of work for one page to the amount of pages in the book, it's a lot of hours, a lot of work, and that, that paid off. He's a hard worker. I'm glad that this man went for being a dental assistant to a man that has changed the way horror is. It's amazing. I don't know where horror would be without Junji Ito. And he, this man earned that Kazuo Umenezu prize. He earned that. He should get all of them rest of his life. I'll make that possible. So to wrap it up, horror should be challenged against the norm. In Junji Ito's works, you'll get something that warps your mind. It takes him. Take some cues to change the way you watch horror or write horror. You won't be disappointed when you read his works. I mean, you might be sleeping with the lights on for a while, but it's worth it. It truly is. Anything for the passion for art is is definitely going to be worth a, a few less hours sleep. So, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was quite interesting to do something uh, talking about horror. I've been wanting to start an episode in that topic, and I was very relieved to get to do that, and I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Maybe in the future, if I happen to think of an episode that regards horror again, excuse me, that regards horror again, obviously I can't grammar, it's been a day, then I would love to write another episode to do do that again as I like to spice things up on this show and make things different and try to keep a variety of different stuff. And I hope that people are enjoying that variety that I give. I very much appreciate the ones that take the time out of their day to listen to these episodes. It keeps me going as I'm continuing on with this show. Thank you so much. Whoever you are, wherever you are out there, you're amazing and I love you. So there's going to be a shift in gear for the next episode. We're going from horror to humor. Comedy is something that people love, but strangely, it's hard to write. In the topic of comedy, I'm going to be covering all the bases from writing comedy to the different ventures of writing for comedy and fiction as well as stand-up. We're just going to be going all around the board. We're going to be covering all the bases to get that covered. So I hope that you guys are going to be in the mood for a laugh next episode because I'm also going to be sharing my experiences of when I did stand-up comedy. So you're going to be in for a treat to get a good laugh next episode. So thank you again for listening. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Be safe out there. Please. It's just it's a weird world we got going on right now. We need to take care of ourselves the best way that we can. This is your host is signing off. Bye-bye.